Mass testing is underway in Taoyuan amid a cluster infection that's suspected to have been caused by the highly infectious Delta COVID variant. The cluster involves the teenage son of an EVA Air pilot who had been in contact with a known Delta case. The student tested positive on Friday with a CT value of 11, meaning a high viral load. The student had attended one day of classes at his high school in Taoyuan. Now all his classmates and their families have been put in isolation in government facilities, and the school will remain closed for 14 days. Of the two imported cases, two are EVA aircrew. In their most recent assignment, they went to Australia and back. They were tested two days after returning to Taiwan, and they showed positives. One of the local infections is the son of one of these airline employees. He's a student at a high school in Taoyuan. The student had attended one day of classes at his high school on September 1st. The student later reported feeling unwell and was administered a PCR test. He was diagnosed COVID positive on Friday with a CT value of 11. All 2,800 students at the school are now being screened for COVID and the school will remain closed for 14 days. We are being more cautious in handling this case. The whole school will close for 14 days. The reason for that is that we have strong suspicions that the infection may have been caused by the Delta variant, so we must be careful. The students in his homeroom class will have to undergo 14 days of isolation at a government center. Their families will be put in preventative isolation at a quarantine center as well. Once all of his homeroom classmates have been screened with PCR tests, and we are certain that they couldn't have infected their families, their families will be released from preventative isolation early. His other classmates will have to remain in isolation for 14 days. People that used the classroom after the infected case will also be subject to 14 days of isolation. The isolation rules mean more than 500 people will be sent to centralized quarantine centers. To prevent Delta from spreading in the community, the CECC has also put Taoyuan on a heightened level 2 COVID alert. These three cases live in Taoyuan, and their whereabouts were mostly in Taoyuan. So we're enhancing the alert level in this city. Gatherings will be capped at 50 people indoors and 100 people outdoors. Events exceeding those limits will have to apply for approval. Markets and supermarkets must implement stricter crowd control. Patient visits will stop at hospitals and long-term care institutions, save for exceptions authorized by the center. Private caregivers and companions will be limited to one person. All remaining regulations remain as for the normal level to alert. We will have a seven-day observation period and will review the regulations on a rolling basis. Taiwan has registered three breakthrough COVID infections in pilots who had been fully vaccinated against the disease. The CECC had originally scheduled tighter controls on airline crew to start September 15th. But amid the recent cluster infection, the measures will start on Friday. That means all airline crew, regardless of vaccination status, will be required to quarantine at home upon returning to Taiwan. Universities in Taiwan are getting ready to kick off the fall semester in coming days with COVID precautions in place. Taipei's National Yangming Tong University is requiring all dorm residents to show proof of a negative COVID test before moving in. The school is also organizing mass testing sessions to screen any students who want a test. 
University students arrive bright and early for registration and get ready to take a rapid test, now mandatory for students living in dorms. The university has organized several testing sessions over three days for the school's 1,600 returning students. More than 700 students showed up for the first session on Friday. Meanwhile, the school's 500 new students will need to wait until next week to take their tests. All testing costs are covered by the university. The school sent me an email and a notice was posted on the dorm's website and in social media groups. If a test comes back positive, an ambulance on standby will take the student to Taipei Veterans General Hospital. To test students who can't attend the screening sessions, the school has set up two self-test stations with more than 4,800 tests available. Everything has been paid for by the school and is available for both students and faculty. According to Taipei's proposed COVID guidelines, unvaccinated university staff must present proof of a negative COVID test every seven days. But with no finalized instructions from the central government, the university is not enforcing testing on staff. In regard to whether we will make tests compulsory, that will be completely up to CECC and Ministry of Education regulations. For the time being, we are making it voluntary for our staff. It is mandatory only for those staying in dorms. Taipei's proposed guidelines also recommend assigned seating and roll calls in the city's universities. National Yangming Jiaotong University says it won't yet adopt such measures. We have no way to implement assigned seating currently. In terms of class regulations, of course we encourage students to take rapid tests and we'd like to do random sample tests, but this must be done on a voluntary basis. Also, we are requiring registration before entering the classroom. On Thursday, the Taipei city government said it would wait for the education ministry to finalize regulations before finalizing measures for the city's universities. Well, Friday was Armed Forces Day, and to celebrate it, President Tsai and other top government officials visited the National Revolutionary Martyrs Shrine to honor those who died in the line of duty. Although Tsai did not give a speech at the event, the previous day she spoke in a video message thanking Taiwan's military for its efforts amid the pandemic and rising cross-strait tensions. On Friday morning, President Tsai Ing-wen, Vice President Lai Ching-de, Premier Su Zhenchang, Legislative Speaker Yeo Shi-kun, and other top officials headed to the National Revolutionary Martyr Shrine to attend a ceremony for those who fell in the line of duty. The president offered a bouquet of flowers and the entire delegation bowed three times in respect. Just one day earlier, Tsai expressed her support for Taiwan's military in a video message. Amid the spreading pandemic, the military has been on the front line, taking charge of mass disinfection and screening. During the water shortage, the military was also on the front line, helping out with the water supply and transportation, as well as dredging silt from reservoirs. Tsai also listed out the contributions of the Army, Navy and Air Force in defending Taiwan's security. When there is an intrusion in our airspace, the Air Force takes action immediately. When defending our waters, the Navy often goes out to sea for more than 10 days at a time. The Army and the military police are also working diligently every day, protecting the country. 
With cross-strait tensions on the rise, Taiwan is planning to increase its defense spending for 2022 to a record-high 372.6 billion NT, factoring in the 40.1 billion NT allocated to procure 66 F-16V jets that would bring the total defense expenditure to over 400 billion NT. Lawmakers say increasing Taiwan's defense spending is absolutely necessary. This year's proposed budget has gone up to over 370 billion NT. That's more than in previous years. The main reason for that is that threats from our neighboring countries are growing by the day. Under these circumstances, we must be able to defend ourselves. So increasing the defense budget by a certain amount is necessary. On Armed Forces Day, Taiwan's top officials celebrated the nation's service people, offering their full support to the military. The U.S. House Committee on Armed Service has overwhelmingly passed the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act, which includes several pro-Taiwan provisions. One calls on the U.S. to continue supporting the development of Taiwan's self-defense capabilities. It also condemns China's aggression toward Taiwan. The passing of the bill has been well-received in Taiwan. Let's hear from a lawmaker. Every year, when the National Defense Authorization Act gets updated, the House Committee holds nothing back in its resolute support for Taiwan. So we are very thankful to the U.S. House Committee for passing this kind of National Defense Authorization Act. It will be conducive to substantial military exchanges. Together, we can stand up to and resist the threat presented by China's aggression in recent years. The authorization bills of the Senate Armed Service Committee and the House Armed Service Committee are in essence just suggestions for the U.S. Congress, but executive agencies in the U.S. government may still adopt the recommendations. The bill, which was passed in a vote of 57 to 2, also calls on the U.S. to conduct practical training and military exercises with Taiwan. Meanwhile, a version of the bill passed in July by the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee calls on the U.S. to increase the feasibility of its defense cooperation with Taiwan. The two bills still await a full vote in the House and Senate. A major missile test took place in Pingdong on Friday. Analysts say the weapon tested by National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology, or NCSIST, may have been a cruise missile, although details are unconfirmed. One military expert says it could be a top-secret missile with a range long enough to reach Beijing. Following on from missile tests in April, on Wednesday, NCSIST once more carried out a test at Jopeng military base. Experts say the maximum trajectory unlimited altitude missile may be connected to the Yunfeng supersonic cruise missile. Judging by its trajectory into the air, it is similar to and may be a high-speed cruise missile. So it could be the Xiongfeng 2E long-range missile, or it could be the Yunfeng. U.S. think tank CSIS has described Yunfeng as one of Taiwan's strategic assets, one of the few missiles that could reach central or northern China from Taiwan. It can evade interception by many types of anti-missile defense systems and is meant to expand the range of Taiwan's military capacity. 
This military expert thinks the Yunfeng is a land attack cruise missile with a maximum speed of 1,030 meters a second and a range of 1,200 kilometers. With an extended range, it could reach over 2,000 kilometers, which would cause a threat to central and northern China, including Beijing. We've been hearing of missiles like this for a long time. Our NCSIST has been researching tools like this, cruise missiles that can strike the source. Now its range is probably 1,500 to 2,000 kilometers, such as Shanghai or even Beijing. The Yunfeng was developed in secret by NCSIST after the third Taiwan Strait crisis in 1996. Its development was masked by tests of the Xiongfeng-3. In the face of growing threat from China, NCSIST continues to devote its efforts to strengthening Taiwan's self-defense. Japan announced on Friday another vaccine donation for Taiwan, which is expected to arrive later this month. This time around, a total of 440,000 AstraZeneca doses will be donated to Taiwan, Thailand and Vietnam, though how many doses each country will receive is still unknown. Health Minister Chen Shizhong thanked Japan for the donation, saying that the government would make plans so that Japanese expats in Taiwan can receive an AZ shot if they so wish. So far, Japan has donated 3.34 million AZ doses to Taiwan in three batches. Meanwhile, Taiwan's latest round of vaccinations began Friday with the administering of AstraZeneca vaccines on adults aged 29 and up, as well as people aged 18 and up with pre-existing health conditions. A total of 805,000 people are scheduled to be vaccinated. Also on Friday, adults aged 23 to 28 became eligible to book a vaccination appointment for, for September 9th and 10th, also to receive the AZ vaccine. Last June, in response to COVID-19, the Ministry of Science and Technology established the Research Center for Epidemic Prevention Science to develop technologies for fighting the pandemic. At a recent press conference, the center shared some of the highlights of their work. For most of the news reporter, Stephanie Yang has the details. Last year, the Ministry of Science and Technology invested 185 million NT to establish the Research Center for Epidemic Prevention Science. It's based at five universities, National Taiwan University, National Yangming Jiaotong University, National Tsengong University, Tsanggeng University, and National Defense Medical College. The center's mission is to research and develop technologies that fight COVID and future infectious diseases. The point of the Research Center for Epidemic Prevention Science is not only about conducting research or publishing SCI articles, it's to go beyond the campus and build a COVID-fighting team. In other words, when an epidemic occurs in the country, the center will be the one to face it. Scientists from the five universities shared highlights of their research. A professor at Tsanggeng University says her team has developed a reagent that can track long-term changes in COVID antibody levels after vaccination. The reagent can be used to measure protection levels in people who have had COVID or who have been vaccinated. It uses two antigens, S1 and RBD, and works with applications of data fusion and machine learning. 
That means that neutralizing antibody tests that are currently carried out in P3 labs can be performed in regular laboratories. This year, the reagent was approved for emergency use and mass production. In the early days of Taiwan's recent COVID outbreak, 16 infections were linked to an entertainment facility in Ilan, but due to Taiwan's limited capacity for nucleic acid testing, it was initially hard to determine whether the cases were connected to one another. Yaming Jiaotong University developed a high-throughput nucleic acid testing system. It provides a way to conduct large-scale screenings to uncover infection chains. Our genome facility is a national-level facility. It can quickly provide testing capacity at Yangming Jiaotong University's campus in Ilan. It can process tests for more than 1,500 people every day. Its large testing capacity was key to keeping Ilan protected. The Ministry of Science and Technology says it will launch a four-year plan to boost scientific development on epidemics. The plan aims to establish facilities to research epidemic prevention, strengthen Taiwan's epidemic response capabilities, cultivate epidemiological talent, and foster international exchanges. According to Central Epidemic Command Center expert Zhang Shangchun, this will help Taiwan be ready to respond to infectious diseases that arise in the future. Even if COVID infections slow down and the coronavirus becomes like the seasonal flu, new infectious diseases will emerge in the future. Epidemic prevention is not just the work of the CDC or the Ministry of Health and Welfare. It's work that must be managed across government agencies. Epidemic prevention must be informed by empirical evidence. That's the only way epidemics can be dealt with properly. So far in the pandemic, Taiwan has harnessed technologies such as AI, 5G and smart devices to fight viral spread. The government hopes that the Research Center for Epidemic Prevention Science will spur progress in technological developments that prepare Taiwan against future epidemic. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. To celebrate Armed Forces Day, the Taoyuan Metro has gotten a new military-themed train in cooperation with the Ministry of National Defense and the Taoyuan city government. The train features four cars with original designs, including one with a Shiba Inu mascot decked out in all kinds of military gear. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenzhan went on the train's maiden voyage on Friday and tried out for himself the augmented reality installations inside. The Taoyuan Metro launched an Armed Forces-themed train on Friday. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenzhan rode the train on its maiden service from New Taipei Industrial Park to Taipei Main Station. Zheng tried out the AR installation on the train, posing for a photo with the train's virtual Shiba Inu mascot. The military-themed train has cartoons with Shiba Inu. There are three kinds, one each for the Army, Navy and Air Force. Shiba Inus protect our homes, and the military protects our nation. I think this is also a representation of loyalty and a display of the values of the work we do every day. The military-themed train has four themed cars. The front three cars are each devoted to the Army, Navy and Air Force, featuring images of officers and soldiers as well as other military elements. The fourth car incorporates all of them into a patriotic design. All cars have dedicated Shiba Inu mascots geared up as chemical warfare troops, Navy divers and Air Force pilots. It's an adorable way to showcase the military and its equipment. 
Over this period, there were many tasks that were carried out by our brothers in the armed forces. Today, on Armed Forces Day, I would like to thank all of our brothers in the military on behalf of all Taoyuan residents. With you, our country is safer and more prosperous. The theme train will run until December 31st. Through the intricately designed car and the AR installations, the Ministry of National Defense is hoping to refresh its utilitarian image to one that is more lively and relatable. Events up and down Taiwan are celebrating the glory Taiwan received at this summer's Tokyo Olympics. Champion weightlifter Guo Xingchun has had a particularly busy schedule. She was at her alma mater to inaugurate a new Hall of Fame for the college's top athletes. Meanwhile, Taipei City handed out medals to 11 of the coaches and Olympians who made Tokyo so special. The weightlifting queen doesn't break a sweat at being impersonated by this comedian. It's kind of like me, she says graciously. Guo Xingchun returned to her alma mater Furan Catholic University as a guest of honor. The school is inaugurating a Hall of Fame in her honor. Successful alumni from years past will be entered, including the Tokyo Ping Pong Bronze Medalist Ling Yunru and Zheng Yijing. Guo was there to unveil the inaugural plaque. She also has another role at Furen. <laughs> After winning gold in the Taipei Universiad, in 2018 Guo was hired as an instructor in the university's physical education department, a technical position equivalent to assistant professor. She hopes in the future she can come back and pass her knowledge on to other students. I'm so happy Furen University has given me this chance to teach. I hope in the future I can push weightlifting forward at the college. Everyone is still Olympics mad. This event held Thursday by Taipei City government awarded a medal for success in Tokyo to seven athletes and four coaches. Among the recipients was karate practitioner and bronze medalist Wen Zuyun, silver medal winning archer Deng Yucheng, and bronze medal boxer Huang Xiaowen. Taiwan tennis star Xie Shuwei won her first doubles match at the U.S. Open with her Belgian doubles partner Elise Mertens. The duo made short work of their Russian opponents, beating them in two shutout sets that lasted just 43 minutes. But over in the women's singles, Xie suffered a stinging defeat against Spain's Sara Soribes Tormo. Xie was not on her A-game for the match, making 41 unforced errors. She ultimately lost 1-6, 3-6, crashing out of the singles competition.